I picked her because of the whole... Sup with the Sup Sup Playful Banter Podcast listeners back with you once again. I'm Robbie, joined by Kyle of Smamish. <laughs> That's right. Kyle's decided uh, to formalize his name. Um, do you also want to go like first of your name or something? Kyle of Smamish, first of his name, bringer of rain, breaker of hearts. I've never understood the the first of the name thing. I don't know what that means. I feel like it's just um, a more like, cause you know, back in the day you've got Henry the seventh or whatever. It's probably just a more formal way to announce Henry seventh of his name rather than saying Henry the seventh. But know. you rarely hear seventh of the name. You, you, you mostly hear it first of his name. Well, you, that's what you, you, you don't hear often now. Hear third of third of his name. Well, back in, back in the Dizay, that's that wasn't true. I mean, it seemed like they had four or five names to choose from. You know, in England, they were not very. I mean, you got your John, Henry, Edward. I mean, that's kind of it. Like you got your your three basic white guy names, and they just rotated between them. Like, hey, your family, you're all Henrys. So just start counting up. Yeah, I don't buy it. I want to know if it's first of the first name, first of the last name, first of any name. I think at this point it's probably just open to interpretation because now I feel like you don't pass down names nearly as often. Your child should definitely be, instead of Kyle Jr., should be Kyle second of his name. I have always been fond of seconds. People who should be juniors and just like, no, I'm going to be the second. That, I think we've talked about that, how that just kind of irks me. It's just like, I just like be it. junior and then if you want to start adding numbers, you can name your kid but yeah, you're just trying to make yourself sound cooler. Um, you know who was cool, Kyle? One of the coolest people in the history of Ireland, because it's St. Patrick's Day as we sit here and record this, and so we are in an Irish state of mind. Tell us about one of the famous Irish badass women that has shaped what that country looks like today. I'm supposed to tell you about this Irish woman. I told you to. Yes. Nellie told me to read, um, which I didn't do. It says she's a figure of legend and Ireland's only female patron saint, as well as the goddess of poetry, Bridget of Kildare. Bridget of Kildare, who was the one that inspired Kyle to now be Kyle of Sammamish. Yes, she's she's, she's having a big impact on my life thus far. (laughs) Goddess of poetry, healing, and smith work. Wow, that's a lot of random things to be the goddess of. Generations of Irish school children still associate her with reed crosses, which I don't know what that means. Me neither. We'll look it up. She was a powerful abbess, also don't know what that means, who offered an alternative to the confines of domestic life to uh, up to 14,000 women, a peace weaver, a fearless negotiator who secured women's property rights and freed trafficked women. She was also an expert dairy woman and brewer. This is the most random bio I've ever read. (laughs) And it's perfect for St. Patrick's Day. Uh, I looked up reed crosses, which are also called Bridget's Cross. Things are matching up here. Um, They're associated with um, Bridget of Kildare, 
one of the patron saints of Ireland, traditionally made in Ireland on St. Bridget's Feast Day, which is the 1st of February, which is formally um, considered the beginning of spring. Um, so it seems like a pretty common thing to do in Ireland, which is to take reeds, you know, that, like, you know, the, the brush, um, and you kind of weave them together into these four point crosses and you hang them on your door and that kind of marks the beginning of spring. But anyway, I picked her because of the whole, um, she offered an alternative to confines of domestic life for 14,000 women. She was a peace weaver and a fearless negotiator who secured women's property rights and freed trafficked women. I feel like you picked her because she was number one on this list of 25 women. Well, I read it and I was like, look no further. (laughs) The story nailed it. Um, I, I still am very confused how you can be a patron saint of poetry healing and smith work as well as being an expert dairy woman and brewer well kind of like how you can be in charge of a parade company and (laughs) a a media conglomerate and all the other things that make up mcgowan enterprises you can be good at more than one thing especially if you get into those things early enough and you're the only one in the game then you get to put your stamp on it all so right. good I'm on, on Bridget of Kildare. I'm still not 100% sure if she's a real person or not. Because <laughs> it yeah. gives some very specific things about what she did to shape Ireland, but then it calls her a figure of legend. Um, so I don't know. Maybe it's just something like she was real and people have started to like think of her as more of a god. I think it's that because it gives some years of her life, which would be pretty specific for a myth or a legend, but that's, I don't know. Yeah, that's true. Anyway, good on you, Bridget of Kildare, inspiring people and Kyle for generations. Who's not a person. Um, last week, Kyle, we put off the Robbie's rants. I've been fuming on it for another seven days, um, and I'm finally ready to vent. It's going to be a short one, though. We're going to keep this this uh, show moving along today. Um But I vented to you a little bit last week, Kyle, about acronyms. I think that too often people try to make things into snappy acronyms, especially in like the business world. You know, you see, you know, people that are kind of like on YouTube or Instagram now, people are kind of making money off of just giving advice to people, um, which is kind of cool and unique. But it's always been this way in like school and in business where these you know services come up with snappy acronyms to try and make things seem catchy and easy to remember like hey you want to make sales all you got to remember is abc always be closing and that's a fine one but now yeah, that's a good one people or kiss keep it simple stupid i like that one people take it too far sometimes things don't always need to be an acronym And what has kind of set me off to this, and I want to give credit where credit is due for the baby, uh, which, by the way, announcement, um, frequent listener and participator of Playful Banter, (laughs) Chess, Chess Leary, 10, Allen, um, heard last week's podcast where we, we weren't sure what to call children of Playful Banter, and he said call them bantlets or bandits, and I like bantlets. 
I like Bantlets better than Bandits. I'm not sure that either of them are winners, but we're on, well, we're, we're on our way. We're calling them Bantlets for now. So our first Bantlet, my little Bantlet. Like my little pony. We're like, you know, leading up to his birth and now that he's been born. We're watching these videos on how to get him to sleep better. Um, and there's this person who like has done a ton of research, has a lot of experience, but she's just kind of a self-made person who does these videos and um stuff and she's very popular on instagram but she also has her own like digital class or whatever um where and she comes up with a bunch of acronyms for you to remember to like get your kid to sleep which um and the two that she has i have problems with both of them and this is not just a her thing she does a great job with the rest of her class her acronyms just annoy me the first one is called cries which stands for like contain, roll, introduce sound, um, like external movement or something, and then finally just let them eat, <laughs> which I think is suck. I think the last S is suck. Um, and But she even acknowledged, hey, so you know this, there's this other guy who 20 years ago came up with um, the five S's. And the five S's are exactly what she came up with. All she did is ripped him off. And she even acknowledges it. She's like, she just ripped him off of his five S's and made it into cries. And I'm like, that's that's not cool. That's That doesn't help. Like, that's, There's no point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, his was better. His was like swaddle, uh, you know, sound, shake, you know, whatever. Like, much easier to remember. But her reasoning was, well, you know. At 4 a.m., the only four-letter words that you can remember aren't very good ones. So I came up with a new one. I was like, bull crap. That's just, <laughs> that's just you ripping off something. Uh, and she gave him credit, which I appreciated. But I was also like, that just points out how dumb what you did was. And then her other one is sit back. And some of them are just extra stupid. Like, And, and I appreciate it because you do want to sit back. That's kind of part of it. It's like uh, don't get too over-involved. But she clearly took sit back which is what she wanted the acronym to be and then just started to twist and add words to make something an acronym that shouldn't have been an acronym like the i in sit back is increase sound machine that's just trying too hard to fit something into an i or a is add in rocking like rather than just have an r for rock you have to get the a for add in rocking um, yeah, because the, the the acronym is supposed to let, help you remember the first letter of something. So right. a, add in what? What yeah, am I adding oh, in? <laughs> crap, what was that again? I need another acronym to remember that. And then the kicker for me is the last one of sit back is K, which stands for K, it's time to feed. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I'm just one, like, yeah. That I'm was like, my favorite one. <laughs> I, I appreciate what you're trying to do here, but you're defeating the purpose of an acronym if you're adding in like short sentences for each one. Um, yeah, you, you can know, literally say anything after K. Yeah, and and it's not only her. Like you see this all the time. Like I remember business classes. They're like, just remember, you know, Flergenberg or Bo Body. You know, <laughs> and it's just like. <laughs> You not everything needs to be an acronym for you to remember it. If it lends itself to an acronym, and each word, each letter is a short word that's easy to remember in a sequence, absolutely. But if you're just setting out, I need to turn this whole process into an acronym. 
And so I will twist it however I can to make it an acronym. Then it probably just shouldn't be an acronym. Probably yeah. not necessary. So, I'm with you on this one. Really? We're, we're a united front. We're on the same page. I started a new job a few months ago, and I feel like half of the training was just figuring out what all the acronyms mean. Exactly. Yeah, all the HR stuff or all like the procedural things. Like anytime they're like step one, step two, step three, like, but if there's 10 steps, don't try to make it all into an acronym. Just let them be steps. Yeah, just people and the, people will just drop them in an everyday language. Like I should know what they mean. And it's it's like learning a whole new language. It's like, what's the TCV of the ACV compared to DOZI and LDO? I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> well, and there's so much of that in business in general. You got your ROI and you got your R&D and it's just like I get that you want to have a shorthand, but at some point you're just wasting time. Like it's yes. not something that is necessary. So stupid acronyms. You're on my hit list this week. Kyle, tell us how you feel about sweatpants. You you were on the Twitters last night and if you don't follow this man on Twitter, for shame, you are missing out on tens of quality tweets a year by not following kyle so um make sure you go follow was it is it at kyle mcg3 it is see there you go we're good friends that's why i know if you if you pay close attention to my twitter which i know nobody does you'll notice that almost all of the tweets come between the hours of 7 p.m and 9 p.m because that's when Danny's gone to bed and I'm just by myself with my thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> Someone needs to hear this. <laughs> and last night, I had gone for a run in the afternoon and I didn't want to get into the bed all sweaty. And so I rinsed off in the shower, put on some sweatpants and went back onto the couch. And the feeling when you're in sweatpants, post-workout, post-shower is one of my favorite feelings in the world. You're just It's contentment, it's comfort, it's probably another C if I wanted to make it into an acronym, but I love it. And so <laughs> I thought that that needed to be tweeted. Yeah, and, and it was beautiful. It, you're, you're, you have a very nice Twitter where you don't say much. Like, I would say maybe once every two weeks you actually tweet something. Yeah. Um, but most of the time, there there's something to think about, you know. You they're you usually pretty it. random. Yeah, you don't really know what you're uh, what you're gonna get when you see a Kyle tweet. Could be about sports, could be about social justice, or could be about sweatpants. Three S's, boom. <laughs> Acronym. This whole this whole episode, we're just gonna talk about acronyms. <laughs> it's just to drive home the point of how freaking annoying they are. Um. So Kyle heavily in the the sponsor we haven't done sponsors of the podcast so we need to get back to it i but since we're a united front today sponsor of this podcast is sweatpants feel feel the fleece i may not be with you on this one what you just tweeted about sweatpants i tweeted about a specific sweatpant feeling and moment which is the post shower post workout post shower sweatpants After being in sweatpants for basically an entire year, I'm kind of tired of them. There will be days when I could wear sweatpants and I choose to wear something else just to mix it up. I can't believe you. I have to go back into the building in like less than a month now. And I am horrified at the prospect of not wearing basketball shorts or sweatpants 
90% of the time. I'm not happy about it. So I say pro sweatpant anytime I, you're home. Not just after a workout or a shower. And sometimes what's even your, outside. Uh, what's, what's your teaching, uh, teaching attire? Because I feel like I had teachers that ran the gamut. I had some that wore like a tracksuit essentially. Like they're wearing sweatpants and a t-shirt or a, like a zip up. And some that were wearing like suit and tie. Maybe not tie. I think most schools probably have that same. Like in my school, we definitely have the whole spectrum there. Um, I'm somewhere in between. I always wear, unless it's a theme day, like we have college gear day, like once a week. So I'll wear a hoodie on those days or a shirt those days. Um, Or like school spirit days, like, you know, wear your high school gear or whatever. But on every other day, I'm not always wearing formal pants. Like I'll I'll wear jeans a fair amount of the time, or I kind of wear like more casual like pants. Um, but I usually always am wearing a collared shirt. Like half the time, a little polo shirt. Half the time, a button up kind of shirt. No jacket or anything. Maybe a sweater. Um, so like business casual, I would say is okay. what I go with most of the time. Maybe a little less because I'm wearing jeans probably about half the days. Uh, but yeah, we've got teachers that wear, yeah, the tie and the sport coat and all that. And then, yeah, we've got ones that not even PE teachers, but just regular teachers that will show up yeah. wearing hoodies and stuff. I will say since teaching from home, I've just been wearing hoodies and hats and I haven't cared at all. And some teachers have been kind of vigilant about, it. I'm still going to dress professional, at least up top, you know, and look professional. I'm just like, who are we kidding? Who cares? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's kind of been the general consensus about everybody who's doing anything on Zoom. It's it's who really cares, right? Um, and I just wish that they would just say, you know what? I love pajama day at school. I think we should just make the rest of the year pajama day. Like no expectations. Everybody just wear whatever. So um, what's what's stopping you from being one of the uh, the more casually dressed teachers? Like wearing. Yeah, do you feel like it doesn't pre- present yourself well? Do you feel like you don't feel as good when you're wearing that? I feel, I don't know. I guess I feel a little like I need to be like a half step up above the kids in terms of like perfect to feel like professional. That's fair. Um, I do think that I probably take the job a little bit more. I think there's a reason that there's professional work attire. I do think that you kind of approach things a little bit differently when you're dressed, you know, a little more. Yeah stringently um so i mean i feel like i actually dress on the pretty casual side as far as teachers go there are definitely teachers that dress more casually than me um but i don't want to take it any further uh back i think because then you kind of just like you can be the cool chill teacher that's like that but also you kind of start walking a fine line of this guy doesn't actually seem to care very much about his job (laughs) Mm -hmm. like if you you know you got to walk that line kind of carefully. It's like there are some people that absolutely pull it off. It's like, oh, no, that's just him. He's cool, but he does a really good job versus the yeah, that guy just doesn't actually care <laughs> about anything. And I don't, wanna, I don't want to fall on the other side of that line in anybody's eyes. Even if it's 90% of the people get it, the other 10%, you don't want to rip that way. Fair enough. So unless it's a prescribed like wear your gear for this or whatever, then I try to have a collar try to have a collar and i think that helps me get away with most things um kyle new segment are you excited 
I am. I see it in the notes here, and I don't know what you mean, so fire me up. We're starting a new fishing-related... No, it's not fishing-related, <laughs> but it is called Take the Bait. Um, and basically what I'm going to start doing on a fairly regular basis is any of the clickbaity articles that we all see on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram or whatever, um, and you just keep scrolling, I will say a small smidge amount of the time they get me. They grab me, I click on it, and I read through it. So from time to time, we're going to do a take the bait segment where I'm going to share these clickbaity articles that absolutely worked on me. How often do you regret taking the bait? Um, not this week. I've, I like the ones <laughs> from this week. Uh, a fair amount of the time where I'm like, well, that was dumb. But I feel like in my in my advanced years of social media usage i've been able to sniff them out and tell okay which ones are going to have some substance for me and which ones are just going to be hollow and a waste of my time (laughs) i like it but one of them that i did click on um and this is through mentalfloss.com which is the the absolute clickbaitiest clickbait site ever like if you follow them they're just all clickbait stuff they're worse than buzzfeed they're worse than everybody but this I, one got I me. appreciate a good clickbait. I mean, the, yeah. Like it, they it, have, it's, it's kind of an art form. They have some purpose. And, I mean, they're skilled writers <laughs> to, to be able to craft it like that to get your attention. Yeah. But one of them was, and I don't know what prompted uh, this person to do this, but the title of the clickbait article is 25 Great Insults from 18th Century British Slang. Um, and since obviously with Great Kingland, we need to know our history, Kyle, and there's no more important history to know than insult history. Um, so I don't know if you've clicked on this article, if you have it up. I just uh, pulled it up. I have not so, read any of it. So we can go back and forth maybe on some of these, but these might, you never know. Maybe we want to grab onto one of these and try to bring it back. Um, cause situationally this could really be a powerful weapon in our repertoire of insults you never know all right um and i don't know how all of them are pronounced so we're just gonna try our best but number one is if you call someone an adelpat you're an inconsiderate foolish fellow adelpat kyle you're an adelpat sometimes i almost like inconsiderate foolish fellow more than i like adelpat (laughs) (laughs) it's a little bit wordier but it does really get to the point Inconsiderate, foolish fellow. I don't understand the second one, but I like the thought of it. Beard splitter. Like, <laughs> it really it invokes an image of, like, a nice full beard that's been split that's, in half. That's not the beard they're talking about. Are you going to say what it actually is? Well, I, it's, it's not appropriate. <laughs> it's sleeping with prostitutes, people. Kids don't Consorting. listen to the show, Kyle. Consorting, Consorting. with prostitutes. Yes, so... Use your own imagination there. A blouse or blousabella is an unkempt woman. So you could be a blouse or a blousabella. Basically, if you're kind of a, you know, a woman that doesn't seem to basically kind of homely, I guess. Hair disheveled, hanging about her face. Don't put yourself together. You could get called a blouse or a blousabella. Reading through these, a fair amount of them are insults to women. (laughs) Well, 18th century. Oh, I like the next one. Blunderbuss. That's just a stupid blundering fellow. 
So if I think you're stupid, I'll just call you a blunderbuss. That was that's the title a- of a uh, Jack White album a couple years ago. Well, maybe that's where it's from. He's calling you stupid. Could be. You know, we I we applauded the uh, the clickbaity writing, but they're really leaning on the word fellow for all of their descriptions to these. It's either something about a woman or a fellow. <laughs> well, no, there was no such thing as a man. You were <laughs> just, a fellow. Just, just fellows and women. Yeah. You could be corny-faced, which is just having pimples. Number 21 says shag bag, which I like the rhyme. And I expected it to be something different than it was. Just a poor sneaking fellow or a man of no spirit. A real shag bag. Oh, thingamabob. That's just a something, a vulgar thing to call someone that when you don't know their name, basically. Um, it also has a, a loose connection to men genitalia. So. Yeah, what kind of a description is that? <laughs> So if you don't know someone's name and you want to <laughs> want to connect them to uh, male genitalia, you call them a thingamabob, which is interesting because now I feel like thingamabob is just something that gets said for like stuff you keep in the junk drawer, but it is for things that you don't know their name. So that part has stuck with it, but just know that when you say that, you've got some history with that word. I'm glad I've learned some things here, Kyle. I liked that. But... <laughs> The other clickbaity thing I fell for this week um, from our friends at BuzzFeed were a collection of thoughts of people not from the United States. When they come to the United States, whether they're on a trip or they move here or whatever, it's a collection of um, things that they said they thought were just stereotypes about Americans that when they got here, they didn't actually expect to be true that totally were which I thought was an interesting list. I'm always very interested and fascinated by how the rest of the world looks at us (laughs) as Americans. Like we give such a perception of ourselves and of other people here in the United States, but then you go somewhere else and try to get people's thoughts on the United States and they're usually pretty interesting. They're pretty different. Like um, I know I talked to somebody who was an exchange student that came to our school And he, from movies and stuff, he honestly thought that it was kind of like the Wild West, like kind of like the John Wayne movies. Like he thought people rode horses and um, I wish (laughs) kind of more barren, like not nearly as built up or technological, just because all he knew was from old movies that I guess he had access to. Uh, so people do build up this perception and this BuzzFeed article is kind of interesting to be like, I can't believe this was actually true or this surprised me. Go for number one. Surfer dudes actually talk like that. As someone that is from Southern California originally, I can tell you it actually is. Which I feel like shouldn't be all that surprising. Like, I feel like a lot of people talk differently in different areas and different cultures. Yeah, yeah. Um, But it's kind of so satirized in movies and stuff sometimes that you kind of would think that, like, kind of like the Valley Girl type of thing. Like, when you actually hear it come out of someone's mouth not as a joke, you do kind of get surprised by it. You're like, wow, that's people really talk like that. Uh, Number two, drink sizes, Um, which totally makes sense. There's a funny... uh, skit in Parks and Rec for those of you who have seen it about how big drink sizes and 
meals in general in the U.S. are, but we have got some massive big gulp type of beverages here. Yeah, even the smalls are pretty large. Number three is yellow school buses are actually a thing in America. I honestly thought it was just a cartoon thing, but nope. Had no idea. Sports bars are exactly how they're portrayed on TV. What would you expect? I don't know. I mean, don't they have sports bars in... Maybe yeah. it's just like there's more TVs. Like could be. You know, and, I mean, like you you go to London and you can watch a soccer game in a pub or whatever. Like, right, but it's... they probably don't have twenty five televisions in one place like some of ours do. I don't know. Could be. Dolly Parton has her own theme park in Tennessee. That one's totally fair. I could see how that you would think. Oh, that's just that's just a joke. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> how how would someone have a theme park for themselves? Um. This was one that actually kind of surprised and pleased me. Schools have a ton of extracurricular activities and clubs, including basketball, football, swimming, cheerleaders, chess, and a lot more. I guess that's not something that, I mean, they obviously have a lot of those things in other places, but maybe they're not through school. I don't know. Maybe they're just like club stuff or stuff you sign up for. You have a whole aisle in your supermarkets dedicated to just cereal. We do have a shocking amount of options. We have lots of cereal, which I have no problem with. I can't believe that all of them do enough business to stay that way. There's so many. Um, Here's another school-related one. There are security guards in the school halls, and some schools even have metal detectors at the entrance, like TSA at airports. Sad but true. Yeah, that is sad. Number 11, you have those angry sinks that chop shit. (laughs) So a garbage, garbage disposal, disposal. <laughs> not a not a thing everywhere. Garbage disposals. I love a garbage disposal, but yeah, other places you're composting more or you're just putting stuff in the garbage. Number thirteen on Halloween, mass people come to your house and knock on your door asking for candy. Mostly, it's just packs of kids, but sometimes whole families. <laughs> I can see how if you weren't prepared for that, <laughs> it might be might be an interesting uh, thing you didn't quite expect. Like interesting. Uh, The next one, the minimal number of paid days off you get from work. I've heard about this one in other places, too. Mm -hmm. Um, They said, a friend of mine from Wisconsin was very proud that he got 20 days off per year. If someone in Germany offered me only 20 days, I would laugh at them and leave. I know that um, I was reading a story about somebody who moved to the Netherlands to take a job, and they asked, uh, how many sick days do you get? at this job and they were very confused by the question they're just like what do you mean it's like well you only get a certain number of sick days right like no if you're sick don't come in like we're not keeping track of that kind of thing it's a very capitalist american you know you only get a certain number of days off certain number Mm -hmm. of sick days other places in the world certainly are not like that america sucks (laughs) this one's funny american kids eat straight sugar which Yes, everything's got sugar in it, but this person saw kids having pixie sticks, which is literally just candy that's tubes of sugar that you pour into your mouth. Um, that one's probably a little eye-opening. And yeah, that very that's fitting. A, that's a weird, a weird thing that we do. Um, and um, <laughs> I thought this one was funny. Americans are very good at making pie, and this person clearly just had some experience, like living and staying with people that made nice pies or like went to a bakery where they made good pie i am an american i do not make good pie i don't make pie at all no 
I don't even like pie that often. That much, I enjoy a nice you. fruit pie or an apple pie or something, but yeah, I'm not. It's not at the top of my dessert list. But I do feel like the all American apple pie, like that's that is a stereotype thing that exists. And at least for this person, the pie lived up to the hype. So that was uh, take the bait. Uh, we're gonna come right back, Kyle, and we're gonna settle a few disputes including our own version of March Madness. So don't go anywhere. It's a time to come back now. Wow. I will say that's an improvement over last week. If you didn't hear last week's Kyle transition, that somehow was an improvement, and he's only <laughs> going to get better from here. I'm not sure what accent that was, or if that was just a was that a robot, or was that trying to be ethnic and just feeling it in my heart. Yep, and letting it come out your mouth. That's that's what Kyle does. Kyle, it's St. Patrick's Day as we sit here and record this. How do you feel about St. Patrick's Day? Where does it rank on your list of like? celebrated holidays in the united states where where does it stack up to some of the other celebrations that we have to be honest with you saint patrick's is a day that i nearly every year forget that it's saint patrick's day until somebody makes a mention of it when i'm either at school or work and luckily, my wardrobe contains a fair amount of green things, so oftentimes I'm set, but I have very rarely like remembered that it was St. Patrick's Day before St. Patrick's Day happened. It's Yeah, it's not a day I circle on the calendar. Um, I don't honestly really, and I feel like most people, don't know the true reason why we celebrate St. Patrick's Day, especially in the United States. Um, I kind of put it on par with Cinco de Mayo as far as like it's clearly just a day in the United States that we make a bigger deal out of than is necessary just for an excuse to party um, and have some kind of festivity. But I much prefer Cinco de Mayo to St. Patrick's Day. I I love Cinco de Mayo. I fully acknowledge it's not Mexican Independence Day um, and it's really not that big of a deal in Mexico, but I just I enjoy Mexican food and margaritas and I enjoy the the excuse. All it is is an excuse. It's an excuse to party, which yeah. To to me, St. Patrick's Day is a third tier holiday. There's mm. the first tier holidays, which are like when you say the holiday season, you're talking about first tier holidays. I would also put Fourth of July as a first tier holiday. Mm. And there's like second tier holidays, which are like the days that. You get off from school or work, but you don't really do anything to celebrate them. You just get the day off, and it's like a nice three-day weekend. And then there's, like, the St. Patrick's Days and stuff that people celebrate mostly in college so you can drink, but I don't get excited about. I think that that's a good way to categorize them. But within that third tier, which I'm thinking St. Patrick's Day, Cinco de Mayo, you got your Flag Day, your Arbor Day, your Earth Day um boxing day which not really a thing um (laughs) not here anyway but yeah i would put it it does get more notoriety than those other ones though it in in culture it does but in terms of my excitement i'd probably put flag day on the top of that whole thing just because flag day falls in the middle of like all of our birthdays 
You like and Flag so Day become... more than Cinco de Mayo? Absolutely. Wow. Patriot. That's what that makes you. You're a patriot. Um, second installment of Parenting Survival Kit with Robbie. Kyle, give me a song. It's the second installment of the Parenting Survival Kit. Boom, boom. Uh, this is all about strategy, people. What I have learned in my brief time as a parent, um, especially with newborns, is you got to be smart about where you space out and place your your uh, materials. Basically, yeah. you got to be very. You always got to have the two things that you always have to have within reach. I feel like in your house are burp rags or something. That you can grab if that baby starts to spit up or throw up or um, anything like that, which can happen at a moment's notice, and you got a quick snap second before it gets from their face onto your shirt. Um, that has saved me a few times. Same thing with pacifiers. Uh, our kiddo, our bantlet, has really taken to pacifiers and it works super well. Um, but if he starts to lose it and we don't find a pacifier in short order, we got the problem. So um, you got to be smart. You got to have. You got to know where you're gonna be in the house with the baby, and you got to have a pacifier and a burp rag, pretty much like next to the bed, like in the nursery, next to the couch, like by the dinner table, in the car seat. You know, um, I've just learned pretty quickly that, and you learn when when you get into a situation where. You need one of those things and you've realized that you've spaced them out, um, especially with the pacifiers because it's in his mouth and then you carry him around the house to somewhere else and then all six of your pacifiers are at one spot. Mm-hmm. Um, you got to be smart. You got to be strategic out there, people. So with your own bantlets, make sure that you've got your different corners where you distribute your goods so that when you need it, they're there. That's good advice. And that's good advice just for life. Like See? I feel like you, yeah. if you, you strategically place items that you use frequently, you can save yourself a lot of time and, and troubles. Well, and we even started to have to think that way before the bantlet showed up because when you've got a pregnant woman, you got to have snacks spread out everywhere. Like you can't leave the house without a snack. Like if you're going on a walk, you have some snacks in the backpack. If you're going for a drive, you got some snacks in the car. Um, especially cause I mean, you know, she would get sick, you know, she would start to get nauseous if you go too long without having, having a snack and having mm-hmm. some sustenance. So, you know, and you kind of get caught in that. You're like, crap, we forgot to bring something. Well, hopefully it'll be okay. And then 20 minutes later, it's not okay. So yeah. yeah think about your day before you leave, where are you going to need stuff? Where are you going to want stuff? Maybe you hide a jacket in the back of your car just in case you need it. One day, maybe you shove another jacket in your backpack just in case you got to grab that in short order. Think, people. <laughs> Be intentional. That's what I think. Parented. Boom. You're really becoming a dad here. That's right. Yeah, dad voice. Kyle, it's March Madness. How do you feel about March Madness? Um, do you prefer that over St. Patrick's Day? I do. Get more excited I, over that. I, I am more excited over that. Um, you know what else I learned? This is totally random. I was looking at holidays when uh, when you said that we were supposed to rank St. Patrick's Day. 
And I went to timeanddate.com slash holidays slash US and it lists a lot of holidays. And today is also evacuation day in Massachusetts, which apparently is a celebration of when some British people left after the Boston Tea Party or something. And like schools shut down for it. <laughs> and I am jealous. I want I want like a random holiday like that that only the state that I'm in celebrates that I get to have off. Do they still shut down school for it? I think or, so. Or they did back then for that one day. No, I, it's, they they celebrate it. I, I think it's also probably why they like St. Patrick's Day so much over there. That's <laughs> <laughs> probably true. But I will say, I know this, Massachusetts is on a year-round school calendar. Uh, and one of the benefits of the year-round school calendar is they take every single day off that they possibly can for any yeah. reason whatsoever because they they stay in school year-round but their breaks are longer throughout mm-hmm. and yeah they get every random ass holiday off that there is i think um so that might be part of it too evacuate we should we should uh just go to work next march 17th be like i am observing evacuation day and I will and evaluating not be com- myself from work. <laughs> I will not be coming in today. <laughs> and if it happens to be St. Patrick's Day, people will be like, I ah, no, nope, nope, not, not actually for that. Um, but yes, I like I like March Madness a lot. Going back to the original question, yep, tangent, um, playful, playful tangent. But so this year, yeah. I haven't paid very much attention to basketball. If we're talking about the real March Madness, so I, I'm yeah. not feeling confident in that. But I, I, never, I, I like it as a premise. I never pay very close attention to college basketball, um, other than like the team, the Ducks, who I follow. Um, and then, yeah, when it comes to actually bracketing out, you kind of – I do the same thing every year where you've got the, the favorites and then you've got those teams that are in the tournament every year that you remember, oh, yeah, three years ago they upset somebody. So even though they're a 12 seed, I'm going to pick them to win – you know, and get an upset. Uh, I just kind of like the the lighthearted competition that it brings out. Like, you know, every year with our friends, we do a ESPN bracket challenge or whatever, and we all get to compare. Um, nobody really, I think, cares <laughs> very much about college basketball in our group, so it's not actually much of a competition. No money, um, but it's enjoyable, I think. And it's exciting. You know, I, I really loved March Madness. The first few days of the tournament – at school because all the time teachers it, it's a little bit of a holiday like you got the games on the tv um oftentimes in teachers classrooms and uh you know some teachers would do little march madness you know competitions and stuff within their classes it was kind of fun growing up and i think it just kind of continues so i'm a little bummed that we're not back in school just yet where you know teachers will basically just put the games on and not do all that much on the first few days of the tournament at least when it's all chaotic and there's games from nine in the morning until nine at night or whatever. I was wondering but, about that because I have only been in school or worked for a sports organization. And so it's always been totally acceptable to just not do anything on the first couple of days of the tournament and just watch basketball. But this was going to be my first year not there, but I'm at home, so I can still do that if I want to. But I want to know what it's like not working and the sports organization. I feel like it's probably still pretty accepted. Like as long as you're getting your work done, there's got to be people with the game on in the I would think in so. the break room and and stuff like that. I think it's a pretty regular American thing. Um, anyway, 
our version of March Madness, since we don't actually give that much of a crap about the basketball teams, and we know you guys don't give that much of a crap about the basketball teams, we asked you, the people, on our Twitter, what should we um, do a little March Madness bracket challenge with? And you, the people, have selected Pixar movies. So we're going to go very quickly through... I believe these are 32 Pixar movies, Disney Pixar movies, and we're just going to go bam, 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 short argument, move on until we've got one true champion. Kyle, I was just looking at like the first rounds, and mm-hmm. I had a hard time with over half of these. Really? I, Disney Pixar brings it. They got some gold. This is tricky because when I first suggested the topic, I was just thinking Pixar, and this brought some Disney movies into it, which I wasn't expecting. Um, it's what but- I found in a Google search. But I think that it shouldn't be that hard. I think I'm going to be totally fine. All right. Lion King versus Tarzan. That one's easy. That's Lion King. You know, the muse argued Tarzan. Well, the, the muse is wrong. Oh, snap. <laughs> All right. Lion King. It is. Princess and the Frog versus Lilo and Stitch. Also, clearly Lilo and Stitch. True. Tangled or Big Hero 6? See, this is a little bit unfair because I've only seen Big Hero 6, but I liked it, and so I'm picking that over Tangled. I've but only it, seen Tangled, uh, and I would pick that over Big Hero 6. However, I didn't finish Tangled, so I will allow Big Hero 6 to win. Yeah, yeah, yeah that loses then. Okay, next one, tricky. Frozen versus Moana. Not tricky, it's Moana. Frozen was better than I thought it would be, though. I saw it for the first time this year. People will die for Frozen. I think people will get mad at that, but Moana's real oh, people That's yes so there's definitely people who would disagree with me but in yeah. my rankings it's clear but it's just you and i sitting here so. <laughs> but yeah if you're pissed at us let us know we will we don't we just want engagement you, you could be mad we're fine with that at least you're listening all right here's a tricky one aladdin versus hercules i think it's it's aladdin uh, hercules might have the best music of any of them I'll go Aladdin. I won't put up a fight. Mermaid versus Pocahontas? I would say Pocahontas, but I I, I don't feel strongly, so if you have a strong opinion, go for I'm it. I'm saying Pocahontas as well. Mulan versus Zootopia? Mulan. Yep. Beauty and the Beast? Business. Beauty and the Beast versus Nightmare Before Christmas? It's Beauty and the Beast. I've never been a Nightmare Before Christmas person. All righty. That was the first half. Kyle, you go through the second half. Up versus Brave? Up. Yes. Toy Story versus Toy Story 2. Number one. Agreed. Coco versus Cars. Coco. Alliteration, but yes, it's Coco. Toy Story 3 versus The Good Dinosaur. I've never seen The Good Dinosaur, but I like Toy Story 3. Yeah, I think it's Toy Story 3. Um, Ratatouille versus A Bug's Life. I had a hard time with this one. I like them both, but they're not, like, super high up on my list. I'm not sure I've seen Ratatouille, to be honest with you. I'll go with The Bug's Life. I liked Ratatouille, though. That was pretty good. We got Nemo versus Inside Out. This is a tough one. That is a tough one. I love both of those. I'm going to go Nemo. I will, too. I think it's a little bit more of a classic. Monsters, Inc. versus Cars. So it must be different Cars than the other Cars that we've already done. I think the earlier one was Cars 2. (laughs) Um, I'm going to go Monsters, Inc. Yep, I agree. And this one's also kind of tricky. Incredibles and Wally. I've never seen Wally. Really? Yeah. Wally. Wally. Um, so I say I'm fine going with Incredibles. Wally is a great film, though. You should watch it. 
All right. Now we're going to go even faster. Lion King versus Lilo and Stitch. This is where I think it starts to get tough. Um, nah, it's I'm, Lion King. I'm still going Lion King, but I could make a fine argument for Lilo and Stitch. All right. Big Hero 6 versus Moana. Moana. Yep. Make um, way. Aladdin versus Pocahontas. Mm, I'm, just, I'm still going Aladdin, I think. I think me too. Mulan versus Beauty and the Beast. Mulan. All right. That gets us through that half of the bracket. We've got Up versus Toy Story. This is a tough one. That is a tough one. I actually think Toy Story, but I'm, I wouldn't I think, be mad if people say Up. I think Toy Story 2. It's a classic. All right. Um, we got Coco and Toy Story 3. Coco. I'm saying Coco. I'm saying Coco. Um, Bugs Life and Nemo. That one is clearly Nemo. Clearly. And Monsters, Inc. and The Incredibles. Also a pretty tough one. But Monsters, Inc., I think. I'm going The Incredibles there. Really? Yeah. I like The Incredibles. Um, I just think it's more... I don't know. Like, I guess the Monsters, Inc. was pretty cool back in the day. I think that if I were asked which one would I want to sit down and watch right now as an adult, I would say The Incredibles. I think it's just... I like the humor in it and stuff. I don't know. I'm not... If you Mike feel Wazowski. strong, you feel strong about Wazowski? Um, I mean, I would, I would definitely pick it over The Incredibles, but I, if you feel strong about The Incredibles, I'm fine. But let's go Monsters, Inc., because this is my side of the bracket. All right, let's do it. All right. Um, we are getting to the nitty-gritty now, where we've got Lion King versus Moana. I don't know. That's tough. <sighs> I think tough. we've done a whole movie bracket, and I had the Lion King win. We, yeah, but that's, that might have been before Moana came out. It was before Moana came out. Um, yeah, to me, like the the Lion King has just such a place in my heart because of the time that, like, I was a kid when it came out, and I loved it, and I've always loved it. In Moana, I was older when it came out. I've always loved it since it's come out, but <laughs> it came out later. Um, so like if I'm if I'm being honest, I'm probably saying Lion King, but I don't want Lion King just to win everything again. All right, Lion King. Um Aladdin versus Mulan. Mulan. I think I go Mulan. Yep. All right. Um other side of the bracket. Uh we have what do we have? Toy Story and Coco? Yes. I say Coco. Okay. I like Coco. Um, and we have Nemo and Monsters, Monsters Inc., and it's Nemo. Nemo. All right. Um, so our championship on one half of the bracket, I think, is Lion King versus Mulan. I still go Lion King. I know. I just... Yeah. Make the call. Yeah. Do it. We're running out of time. Mulan. I think if I'm, I think based on your criteria, if I'm picking a movie to watch right now, I would choose Mulan. All right, and then the other um, half is Coco and Nemo. I'm going Nemo. Okay, I, I chose Mulan, so you can choose Nemo. I think I may have gone Coco, but yeah, I love Coco. I do love Coco, but I've seen Nemo far more times. Um, so if we do Nemo versus uh, Mulan, or no? Yes. Yeah, Nemo versus Mulan. Who you got? Nemo, I think. I think I'm going Nemo. I think Nemo wins our Disney Pixar March Madness. Well done, little fishy. Well done. He touched the butt. 
And we're back with the transition puff and Sven. Thank you, Sven. Speaking <laughs> of the transition puffin, the transition puffin is actually based on a penguin that is in Happy Feet 2. And Kyle last week challenged me to watch Surf's Up, which is kind of its own version of a penguin Happy Feet movie. It actually directly flies, pun intended, in the face of Happy Feet because of the opening scene. They even refer to Happy Feet. This is a movie about a penguin that surfs, right? Which is called Surf's Up. Um, Shia LaBeouf is the main character. Yes. Um, and it's it's shot in like a documentary style, which is actually kind of interesting. Um, and even in the very first scene, they're like, so you surf. Are there any other hobbies or any other skills you have? He's like, what do you mean? Like singing and dancing? Pfft, no. So I thought that was kind of a nice little jab at, a, at Happy Feet. Clearly they were trying to distinguish themselves from Happy Feet. I found this movie pretty enjoyable, Kyle. I would actually recommend it. It's got a good cast. It's got Shia LaBeouf, which can be a pro or a con. But his voice is actually pretty good for this main character. Zoe Deschanel, love her voice. Yeah. Jeff Bridges is uh, one of the voices. Really good cast. I will say I think my favorite part about this movie, the plot's really good. It's fun. Um, it's definitely like a – it's an easy-to-engage-with movie you know it's a it's an animated kids movie about penguins that surf um and some other animals but um i will say the music in this movie is great it kind of gives you all those flashbacks i don't know if you kyle like back when you're in like middle school and high school there was kind of that like alternative kind of like um not grungy but you know kind of like alternative beachy um you know vibes kind of like the uh like sublime and uh, yeah. you know those kind of groups um it's a surfing movie and so they definitely pick yeah they they pick some some kind of surfy uh you know alternative sport type of music like you know kind of if you ever played tony hawk um skateboard video games like that kind of music it just kind of takes you back a little bit into those those days when maybe you were a little bit more interested in like the X games and um, those kind of sports. Uh, They do. I think I didn't catch all of them, but I do think they actually have voiceovers from actual surfers. Like I recognize Kelly Slater is referenced in there and I think it's actually his voice. Um, So I think they drop in some of those too. I'm not going to, I actually enjoyed watching this movie, Kyle. I would recommend, would recommend. Thank you for making me watch your, what's your rating? Um, if I'm doing stars, cause I'm not good enough for pandas, I would say I would give it 4.2 stars. That's pretty good. I enjoyed this film. It's, that's, I mean, that's a you strong know, recommend for the category that it's in. Is it better than 90% of the movies that we just talked about? No, but <laughs> I still enjoyed it. Um, and Kyle, the movie that I'm going to challenge you to watch is not actually technically a kid's movie. Um, Because I feel like the only challenges we've ever done have been kind of kids' movies. You did Timmy (laughs) Failure and something. Yep. Um, But I I actually – I'm curious about this because I know you love Will Smith. There's a really weird-looking movie on Netflix called Bright starring Will Smith. And he's like a cop, but it's got like monsters in it too. Like his partner cop is like an orc. And so it's like humans, I don't know if it's in like the future or something, but there's like a, there's some magical stuff going on. There's some, you know, humans and monsters living together stuff going on. It just, I have not looked too much into it, but I watched the trailer and it looks kind of weird and it's got Will Smith. So I thought that was right up your alley. I'm in. 
So we look forward to your review next week. Sounds good. Speaking of Will Smith, we got our Jaden Smith tweet of the week on March 12th. He came out and he said, it's amazing. That's my take on it. I don't know what to do with this guy. I really don't. Move on. Done. Happy birthday to Rob Lowe, 57, and Mia Hamm's turning 49. Rob Lowe is 57? Mm-hmm. That dude still looks like he did He's on literally the West Wing. 57. Yeah. That guy's been in some good stuff. I've enjoyed him in the West Wing, Parks and Rec. Nice work. Um, that's all we got for you all today. Um, be well. Be kind. Be courteous. Be funny. Laugh at us. Follow us. Um, Kyle, sing something to my child, our little bantlet, as we end the show. Sing something? Sing it. Like what? I don't care. Sing something to him. Your Uncle Kyle of Smamish. I'm singing. I'm, <laughs> I'm sitting here and I'm singing. And I'm in sweatpants and I'm singing. He's going to hate you. You got to bring it next week. Think okay. about it. I'll, 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 write a, I'll write a little ditty for him for next week. All right. So we have that to look forward to next week as well. Catch you on the flippity flop. Oh, wait. Never fear the bacon. We didn't say that.